Om Ajnanti Madandasya Jnananjana Shalakaya Sakshuraminitam Yena Tasmai Shigurave Shi Chaitanya Manobishtam Stabitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupakadabhyam Tadati Swapadantikam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Parakamalam Shri Guru Vaishnavamsha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunatam Vitam Tam Sajivam Sadvaitam Savanutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita Shivishakam Vitamsha Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasthaya Bhutale Shrimate Bhakti Vedanta Swamin Itinamine Namaste Saraswati Devi Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Paschatyadeshatarine Mancha Kalpa Tarubhyascha Kripa Sindhubhya Evacha Patitanam Pavanevyo Vaishnavivyo Namona He Krishna Karana Sindhu Dinavando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchana Gorangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Rishavanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama Rama Hare Hare Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya 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 Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chaivanarottamam Deving Saraswati Vyasa Tato Jayamudiraye Nashta Praeshvabhadreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavati Uttama Shloke Bhakti Bhavati Naishtiki Good morning everyone. Today we're reading from Srimad Bhagavatam. And I believe we're reading from 
ninth canto, and this is chapter six, and it's verse number nine. Verse number nine, okay. Uh, this chapter is called The Downfall of Shobari Muni, uh, but the subject of today's verse is not yet Shobari Muni. Rather, it's about a certain Vikukshi, who is a son of King Ikshvaku, who is a son of Manu. Uh, it's one of many, what I would call, curious stories in the ninth canto. Uh, the ninth canto especially seems to have curious stories or accounts. <clears throat> All right, let's chant. Yatva putrasya tat karma. Yatva putrasya tat karma. Yatva putrasya tat karma. Yatva putrasya tat karma. Guru na bihitang ripa. Guru na bihitang ripa. Guru na bihitang ripa. Guru na bihitang ripa. Deshan ni sarayam asa. Deshan ni sarayam asa. Deshan ni sarayam asa. Deshan ni sarayam asa. Sutang chakta bidhing rusha. Sutang chakta bidhing rusha. Sutang chakta bidhing rusha. Sutang chakta bidhing rusha. Yatva putrasya tat karma. Yatva putrasya tat karma. Guru na bihitang ripa. Guru na bihitang ripa. Deshani sarayanasa. Deshani sarayanasa. Sutang chakta bidhing rusha. Sutang chakta bidhing rusha. Okay, what's it mean? Yatva, knowing, putrasya, of his son, tat, that, karma, action, guruna, by the spiritual master, vasishta, abhihitam, informed, nripa, the king, Ikshvaku, Deshat, from the country, Nisarayam Asa, drove away, Sutam, his son, Chattavidim, because he violated the regulative principles. Rusha, out of anger. Translation, and there's no purport. Translation by His Divine Grace, Esi Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. When King Ikshvaku, thus informed by Vasishta, understood what his son, Bhikkhukshi, had done, 
he was extremely angry. Thus, he ordered Vikukshi to leave the country because Vikukshi had violated the regulative principles. Hmm. Now, some of us may be wondering, what is this all about? <laughs> so I'm going to back up uh, to read from verse 6. 6, 7, and 8, and get some context. Verse 6, <clears throat> During the months of January, February, and March, oblations offered to the forefathers are called Ashtaka Shraddha. The Shraddha ceremony is held during the dark fortnight of the month. When Maharaj Ikshaku was performing his oblations in this ceremony, he ordered his son Vikukshi to go immediately to the forest to bring some pure flesh. Verse 7, thereafter, Ikshvaku's son Vikukshi went to the forest and killed many animals suitable for being offered as oblations. But when fatigued and hungry, he became forgetful and ate a rabbit he had killed. Does that mean that he ate it raw? <clears throat> Verse 8. Vikukshi offered the remnants of the flesh to King Ikshvaku, who gave it to Vasishta for purification. But Vasishta could immediately understand that part of the flesh had already been taken by Vikukshi. And therefore, he said that it was unfit to be used in the Shraddha ceremony. Okay, and then we have today's verse. When King Ikshvaku, thus informed by Vasishta, understood what his son Vikukshi had done, he was extremely angry, extremely angry. Thus, he ordered Vikukshi to leave the country because Vikukshi had violated the regulative principles. And that's the story of Vikukshi. <laughs> the ninth canto of Bhagavatam is, of course, uh, the final canto prior to the tenth canto. And so we're getting, um, we're getting the sort of final accounts within the greater section of the Manus. Uh, because we're getting essentially the story of one day in the life of Lord Brahma. And within that day, there are so many Manus, and those Manus are being described uh, beginning with Canto 4 and going through Canto 9. And then there are various uh, 
personages who appear uh, from or in relation to the Manus, and we hear more expanded accounts of them when there is some relationship to the Lord uh, or the devotees of the Lord, or if that person is a devotee of the Lord. So Bhagavat, Bhagavatas and Bhagavan, this is the subject of the Bhagavatam. Uh, and then sometimes we get such a interlude, a little story in between, uh, such as this, where we may ask, what is the point? And I can only say the point, one point can be that following regulative principles can be very important. Uh, the word here, the phrase is vidhi. Vidhi, there's vidhi and there's nisheta. There's what's to be done and there's what's not to be done. And in this verse it says chakta vidhi. Um, having given up the regulations. Uh, this made the father of Vikukshi angry. Uh, this whole subject, the, 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 the subject of sacrifice and sacrificing animals and killing animals is, we find it a sort of coming to the surface at times in the Bhagavatam, uh, where it's recognized as um, it, it's something which can be done if it's done properly according to vidhi. Uh, and, but even if it's done according to vidhi, according to rules, it can be dangerous. Uh, and that's one of the lessons in the fourth canto to King Prachina Barhishat when Narada is speaking to him. You've been doing all these rituals which involve animal sacrifice and you've really lost the plot, we say in English. You, you think you're being very religious, but what are you actually doing? You're just killing lots of animals. Some of the uh, mm, specifications for some of these um, animal sacrifices involve quite a lot of animals. And we may w wonder, why kill animals in a sacrifice? Why? And the answer is, there's no real answer. Uh, one answer we get is that uh, it's a process of testing the, the uh, efficacy of mantras. And since there's no one able to chant those mantras properly today, the animals uh, that are supposed to be the, through that process brought back to life, uh, there's no one able to do that. Therefore, in this age, it is forbidden to do these sacrifices. But still, we may wonder why, why this uh, animal sacrifice. And I'm myself wondering here, this is quite unusual. Uh, 
It's describing killing animals in the forest and then bringing them for sacrifice. I've never heard of this before. The normal process is that a live animal is brought and is killed at the place of sacrifice, not within the specific, the, the shala, the, the actual arena of the yagya, but just outside. Um, and it's not wild animals that would be killed, rather it's domestic animals. There's two kinds of animals, there's mriga and there's pashu. Mriga often means deer, um, but more generally it means animals of the forest. We get the word marga from mriga, and they're running through the forest. And Pashu is an animal uh, that is uh, tied, is, uh, tied around the neck. It's held, it's kept, and um, that's a Pashu. So, for example, goats. Goats are uh, offered in sacrifice. Um, all of this, we can say, is a kind of dark side. I would say a dark side uh, of um, uh, Vedic tradition in the broadest sense, dark in the sense that it's not something we're interested in. <laughs> we understand that uh, sacrifice has a higher purpose, and that purpose is pleasing the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Uh, Yagyartat karmano nyatra loko yam karma bandhana. Uh, tadartam uh, karma konteya mukta sangha samachara. Um, if if uh, yagya is done properly, samachara, uh, then it's pleasing to the Lord, and if not, it's binding. Uh, that's it's 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 pleasing to the Lord, and it's liberating. Uh, otherwise, it's binding. So, yagya is a religious activity which can be actually dangerous if you don't do it right. <laughs> and so, it's a it's a place where rules are uh, sort of the uh, the key issue. Following following the rules, but the rules described here is to me very surprising. I don't know. What what this would, uh, what sort of sacrifice this would be? It says it's for shraddha, so maybe shraddha is some different style of sacrifice. I would uh, be not knowledgeable about this. Uh, having said all that, we can take the word guruna, uh, which is the instrumental by the guru and we can take it as a prompt for um, remembering that today is Guru Purnima. Uh, Purnima because it's the full moon. Anybody notice this night that it was full moon? Beautiful full moon and clear sky. Very, very uh, striking. 
It's also the beginning, uh, depending on which system is followed, it's the beginning of Chaturmasa. Chaturmasa means literally four months, and four months, these particular four months are the four months when Lord Vishnu goes on holiday. He takes a long rest. He goes to sleep for four months. Yeah. And uh, when Lord Vishnu sleeps, you don't want to disturb him. <laughs> but his sleeping is not like our sleeping. His sleeping is yoga nidra. And uh, it's not just nidra, it's yoga nidra. So in Lord Vishnu's sleep, uh, wonderful things are happening. And one of the wonderful things that's happening is in the last of the four months, the month of Damodar. And we all like to celebrate that month, Kartik, uh, with special observances and remembrances of the Lord as Damodar. Um, <clears throat> so Guru Purnima is uh, a celebration of uh, the appearance. One understanding, main understanding perhaps, is it's the celebration of the appearance of Srila Vyasadeva, who is, in many respects, we understand, he is Adi Guru. And why is he Adi Guru? Well, um, we uh, understand that Srila Vyasadeva, Krishna, Dvaipayana Vyasa, the Vyasa who was born on an island, a dvipa, in under special circumstances. Uh, his mother Saraswati, his uh, his his father Para Parasaramuni, um, uh, produced or invoked, we might want to say, Vyasa, who then uh, demonstrated his, his uh, special identity, Shishi Panchatattva Kijai, special identity as guru um, by, first of all, making the Veda accessible to us, accessible by organizing, we may say. He was like an ed editor of the, of the Veda, uh, dividing it into four uh, samhitas, rig, sama, yajur, atarva, um, assigning each of these four Vedas to four different sages, and then compiling uh, the Mahabharata, and then feeling very dissatisfied. And that is what is described in uh, chapter 4 of the first canto of the Bhagavatam. Um, as, and as the explanation of how it came about that the Bhagavatam was written or was compiled. Vyasa was not happy. He was uh, 
he was a prolific writer and um, yeah writers writers uh, are you know trying to express uh, something for the world and he had been doing this with the Vedas and then the Mahabharata but something was wrong something was incomplete something was not satisfying his heart and he actually knew what the problem was but he needed confirmation uh, and that confirmation came from his guru right Narada came Narada has this way of just showing up at just the right time in the right place whenever whenever there's a, uh, an issue then bing there's Narada you may wonder sometimes why doesn't Narada just show up when I'm desperate need of guidance well maybe he is showing up but maybe you're not recognizing him <laughs> In any case, Narada uh, appears and confirms. He confirms what Vyasa had suspected, which was that he had um, essentially missed the point. He had been writing so much about uh, the Purusharthas, Dharma, Artha, Kama, and Moksha. And that was all not a bad thing really but then again not really helpful for the purpose of human life and so he uh, was in a sense scolded by by Narada Narada scolded him uh, you've done all of this but what's the point you've missed the point the point is to glorify the Lord and so he sends him to fulfill that task for which uh, first uh, Srila Vyasadeva sits down and meditates. And um, uh, Sutta Goswami then describes for us what Vyasa realized in his meditation. Uh, let's see if I can remember. Bhakti yogena manasi samyak pranihite amale apasyat purushang purnam mayam chatat apasrayam. First of all, he saw the Lord. Uh, purnam, purushang purnam. He saw the, the complete Lord. And at the same time, he saw maya. He saw the Lord and he saw the Lord's illusory energy. Then, yaya samohito uh, nita uh, Okay, now I'm going to have to take help. I know this verse, but it's just in the back of my mind. Here it is. Yaya samohito jiva, of course. Atmanam tri gunatmakam paro api manute anartam tatkritam cha avipadyate. Um, 
Vyasadeva also saw that there's the jiva, and the jiva has a problem. That's us. And what is the problem? The problem is that we come under the influence of maya. And so para api, although we are superior, para, we are of superior energy, uh, manute, we think otherwise. What do we think? We think atmanam trigunatmakam, we identify with uh, this material energy of three qualities, three gunas. Uh, and therefore we suffer. Tat kritam, having done this, having uh, mm, thought in this way, then uh, abhipadyate, we, come, we become overwhelmed and we suffer. So, Vyasa is seeing the Lord, he's seeing Maya, he's seeing the, uh, how the jivas come under the influence of Maya, and then, now comes the good news, anartha upasamang sakshat bhakti yogam adhokshaje lokasya, lokasya ajanato Vyasash chakre, or it can it also another in the Bhagavatam it says Vidvan chakre. Uh, in Jiva Goswami's Tattva Sandarbha it says Vyasa. They both mean the same. It refers to Vyasa. So the good news is that Vyasa sees all of this and therefore chakre sattvata sanghitam. He makes chakra uh, this sattvata samhitam, the Bhagavatam. He compiles, uh, composes the Bhagavatam, um, which then anartha upashama uh, has the power to remove the anarthas of the living entities who have come under uh, this misconception of who they are. How? By bhakti yoga. So it starts out, bhakti yogena manasi samyak pranihite amale. Through bhakti yoga, by means of bhakti yoga, uh, Vyasa realizes the Lord, Maya, the situation of the jiva. And then he writes, he composes the Bhagavatam, uh, whereby bhakti yoga is the means of removing anartha uh, from our uh, ignorance, uh, removing the ignorance which brings about anartha. So that's, that is quite an accomplishment. Srila Vyasadeva Kijai. <laughs> Today is also uh, the disappearance day of Srila Sanatana Goswami. And in Vrindavan, on this day, actually in Govardhan, on this day, lakhs of people, you know what a lakh is? 
100,000, yes. One lakh equals 100,000. So in India, when they speak of big, big numbers, they speak of lakhs or crore. Crore is 10 million. So hundreds of thousands of people uh, come to Govardhan on this day and night, and they circumambulate Govardhan Hill. And they remember Srila Sanatana Goswami. Sanatan Goswami was very popular in Vrindavan when he was present, as was Rupa Goswami, as were all the Goswamis. Krishnot kirtana gana nartana paro premamritam bonidi dira adira janapriyo priyakaro nirmatsaro pujita. The Goswamis were. Uh, priya, they were deer, and they were priyakara, they were mm, making deer. They, the dearness was on both sides. The, the deeras, <laughs> the English word deer and the Sanskrit deer. Uh, so the, the people of Braj at that time. There were two types. There were Dira and Adira. The Dira, these were the sober ones, the you know, the more cultured ones. And Adira, they were not sober, not cultured, maybe a little yeah, just simple folk. Uh, and Dira Adira Jana Priya, they are deer. Uh, to the Goswamis. The, they were dear to the Goswamis and the Goswamis were dear to them. Priya, Priya, Kara. So Sanatana Goswami in particular, he was the older brother of Srila Rupa Goswami. Uh, and uh, we celebrate him very much. Srila Prabhupada especially liked uh, I think he, he had a special liking for the story of uh, of Sanatan Goswami's escape from prison uh, to to go to Vrindavan. Um, he, he he liked to to tell this story and to hear it, um, and it's interesting in that. Uh, it involves some bribe, bribing. Bribery, if you're Sanatana Goswami, you have to be careful not to, you know, take it that therefore I can do it. But for Sanatana Goswami, it was perfectly proper for him to bribe uh, this uh, prison guard so that he could get out of prison, so he could escape to go to Vrindavan. We don't have any problem with the ethics of Sanatana Goswami bribing, right? For that, for that purpose. We're very happy that he escaped and he went to Vrindavan. And on the way he met Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Where did they meet? They met in Varanasi. And Lord Chaitanya 
and uh, Sanatana and Goswami stayed together for a period of two months. And during these two months, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu instructed Lord uh, Sanatana Goswami. And much of that instruction that he gave uh, is recorded in Chaitanya Charitamrita. And when you have, when you read the teachings of Lord Chaitanya, much of that is is of the teachings of Lord Chaitanya to Sanatana Goswami. Sanatana Goswami went uh, after this to Vrindavan, and he stayed for approximately one year only. And during that one year, he was feeling separation from Lord Chaitanya. So much so that when, after a year, he decided, I can't take it anymore. He left Vrindavan and he walked all the way to Puri. And that's about 1,600 kilometers. What's the length of Slovenia from Piran to Maribor or Tui or whatever? How far is that? Two hundred and seventy kilometers. Okay, so multiply that by, you know, seven or something, and that's the distance that Sanatana Goswami walked. Of course, Lord Chaitanya had walked from Puri to Vrindavan prior to that. Then he came back. They met in Varanasi. So Sanatana Goswami came back to Puri. And on the way, he contracted some sort of eczema, some skin condition. And it was apparently quite a serious condition, so much so that he was considering to give up his life. Because he was feeling, I am untouchable now. I, you know, I just, my, my whole life is, is just, just, I'm a hopeless case. He was feeling so uh, distraught. And he was just, I don't think he told anyone. <laughs> he was just thinking that his life is uh, without purpose in this way. And of course, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu knew what he was thinking. And so he confronted him. So what is this you're thinking about taking your own life? But you can't do that. Why you cannot do this? Because your body is not your body. Your body is my body. Your body belongs to me. And I have some tasks for your body, <laughs> for you. Uh, and specifically, his tasks, let's see, uh, are noted here. Yes, here we go. Uh, this is in Chaitanya Charitamrita, verse uh, Madhya Lila, chapter 23, verse 103, and continuing. Uh, 
Lupta-tirtha, Uddharana, Bhakti, Bhakti-shastra-pracharana, Vrindavana, Krishna-seva, Vaishnava, Achara, Bhakti, Smriti, Shastra. Okay. So first, Lupta Tirta Udharana, he should find lost places in Vrindavan. That means he's going to have to go back to Vrindavan, another 1600 kilometers <laughs> back to Vrindavan. Uh, he should find these uh, hidden places or lost places. Bhakti Shastra Pracharana, he should preach Bhakti Shastra. Vrindavana uh, Krishna Seva, he should worship Krishna in Vrindavan, which he will do uh, by worshiping Madan Mohan, also known as Madan Gopal. Uh, and Vaishnava Achar Bhakti Smriti Shastra, he should compose Shastra, which is uh, Vaishnava, Shast uh, uh, Vaishnava Achar Bhakti Smriti. Now, sometimes we hear that there's a certain sort of uh, species of people called Smartas. You've heard of the Smartas, Smarta Brahmins. And we usually, um, we don't hear anything very nice about them. Well, a smarta is simply a person who follows smriti. What is smriti? Smriti is shastra, which is not shruti. And what is Shruti? Shruti is that which is heard, literally, refers to the four Vedas, the Upanishads, and a few other texts. And then everything else, the Mahabharata, the Bhagavatam, the Puranas, uh, the, uh, some Dharma Shastras, they're called Smriti. So, someone who follows those is a smarta, but more technically it's someone who follows uh, smriti, which is giving vidhi, or regulations, how to follow or how to worship five deities. So, those, that practice we're not interested in, but the point I want to make is that we follow smriti, but which smriti we follow? Vaishnava Smriti, and that means only worship of Vishnu. And that Vaishnava Smriti is particularly for Vaishnavas composed by Sanatana Goswami. And what is the text that he wrote? It's called the Hari Bhakti Vilasa. And the Hari Bhakti Vilas is a big compendium, it's a big book, um, which is, it's been translated, but now it's being translated for the first time uh, in a critical edition by one devotee in Finland. 
He's working on a critical edition with commentary, Prigupada Prabhu. It's going to be a first-class translation with commentary based on 100 manuscripts. That's what a critical edition is, because the manuscripts will have variations. Uh, now I'm getting off on a <laughs> rather uh, detail, and it's getting late, so maybe I should end here. But I wanted to say one more thing which came to my mind this morning about uh, the function of guru, since today is guru Purnima. And what came to my mind as a possible interesting and useful uh, analogy uh, for the function of the guru is comes from chemistry. Chemistry? Yes, chemistry. What is the analogy? Have you heard of catalysis? You know what is... So catalysis is what happens when you have a chemical which is called a catalyst. And what does a catalyst do? If you have uh, some chemical solution and you want to make some transformation of that, you can add a catalyst and it, that catalyst will, have, will, will make a chemical reaction take place very quickly. Um, that is a catalyst. A catalyst makes a change in the chemical combination. Um, so why do I want to compare this to function of the guru? This is one way of understanding what guru does. Guru changes, uh, is an agent, an agent for changing our heart, right? The, 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 we're looking for a change in heart such that we can connect yoga with Yogeshvara, the Supreme Lord. So the Lord is there, he's in the heart, and we are there, the jiva, but getting that connection, how, how does that happen? That happens with the guru. Jai. Hare Krishna. So that's my, that's my little analogy for the morning. <laughs> it's a process of catalysis. And how does that happen? It happens by hearing. We hear from and we follow the vidhi of the guru and we also uh, respect the nishedha. Smartavya satatam vishnur vismartavyo najatuchit. Sarve vidhi nishedha syur etayor eva kinkara. Basically, guru is telling us two things. Always remember Vishnu and never forget Vishnu. Uh, those are the two rules. Okay, I got that. Thanks very much. Hare Krishna. No need for guru now because I heard that. Mm, no, that won't work either. <laughs> okay. Um,
sorry for going on so long. I know we have a schedule. Um, I wish you all the best for Guru Purnima today. Let, let your day be Purna. Let it, let it be complete by always remembering the Lord and never forgetting Him. Is that all right? Shishi Pancha Tattva Ki Jai Hare Krishna.